Come on in, come on in. And as you come in, do me a favor. Share this video. Invite like seven people to come in. And as you come in, do me a favor. Tell me where you are, what you got going on, how your week was. If you're riding home from work, if you have made it home, making dinner, getting ready to eat dinner, getting dressed to go out on the town. It's Friday, and at 5 o'clock straight up, we're going to get it jumping. Right now, it's 4.59. As you're coming on, this is another Free Indeed Fridays podcast. So go ahead and share, invite your friends, your family into this thing real quick. And we're going to talk. I got some things I want to share with you today. Um, we're going to go for a good uh, 35, 45 minutes probably. Uh, content. I'm recording live our Free Indeed Fridays podcast. And um, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there up front. If you have something that you want to share or ask Pastor Free, you can go ahead and send those to the Free Indeed Ministries inbox and we'll answer those questions at the end of the segment. I see you, Minister Rodney G. They say sitting on the sofa. That's what I'm talking about. I'm jealous. I want to be sitting on the sofa. Kenny, my Week has been hectic. I got you. Road to Burleson to visit friends. Where is Burleson? Where is Burleson? Huh? Burleson close to oh, I thought I knew all of Texas. Steve, what up, baby? What's happening, man? Sister Lisa, hey, how are you? In Lafayette, Louisiana, hanging with my daughter and watching her play some basketball. That's what's up. I wish them uh, luck. Is the game today? Or tomorrow or what? I'll be praying uh, for safety. I don't pray for victory uh, in sports because who's to say who's on the Lord's side? <laughs> but um, let me do that. Make sure we're getting ready. I think it's 5 o'clock. It's 5.01 as a matter of fact. So let's go ahead and get started. What's up, world? What's up, world? It's your boy, Pastor Free, and this is another Free Indeed Friday podcast. I'm super excited uh, to go ahead and to share some things with you this week. So do me a favor, like I said, as you're coming in, share this video, invite your friends, your family, uh, people uh, who you think could benefit from some from word, some laughs, some music. I'm going to give you all of that in about 35 to 45 minutes. So as you're coming on, share this video. We're also on Instagram. So to those of you who are on via Instagram, what the dealio? Do people still say what the dealio? Uh, tell your followers you started hanging out with you. It's doing some stuff. Oh, we're live over there. But we're not live right here. Let's go. Still not live. There we go. All right. So we're about to uh, jump off another Free Indeed Fridays podcast. And I gave you opportunity to say where you are, what you got going on. They win. They won yesterday. And play again tomorrow. Cool. Well, thank God they were already victorious. And you enjoy yourself. Have a blessed time. And then get back here safely in Jesus' name. So we're about to get started. Um, it is Friday. And your Friday about to be free indeed. Hi. 
Anyway, so let's start it off like this. Free funny. Y'all free, know funny. free funny. <laughs> I don't know if this joke is going to be funny to you or not because some people are super sensitive and it's a little risque. But I think it's hilarious, so I'm going to share it. In this uh, political climate of uh, <laughs> foolishness, uh, I found this joke extremely humorous, uh, reflective of another presidency, uh, a fonder time, if you will. I actually went to Bill Clinton's inauguration. My mom took me to Bill Clinton's inauguration. Washington, D.C. I don't remember how old I was, but I was a strapping young lad. I had on an overcoat and a bow tie, and I went to the inauguration. Um, my mom did a good job of trying to expose me to life at an early age. I met Shirley Chisholm um, when I went to that inauguration, along with some other people. Uh, experience I'll never forget. Anyway, this is called Clinton and the Pope. Clinton and the Pope as in President Clinton. During his visit to the United States, the Pope met with President Clinton. Instead of just an hour as scheduled, the meeting went on for two days. Finally, a weary President Clinton emerged to face the waiting news media. The president was smiling and announced the summit was a resounding success. He said he and the Pope agreed on 80% of the matters they discussed. Then Mr. Clinton declared that he was going home to the White House to be with his family. Well, a few minutes later, the Pope came out to make his statement. He looked tired, discouraged, and was practically in tears. Sadly, he announced his meeting with the president was a failure. One reporter asked, but your holiness, President Clinton just announced the summit was a great success. And the two of you agreed on 80% of the items discussed. Exasperated, the Pope answered, yes, but we were talking about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> See, that was funny. Yeah, leave it up to you as to which of the two of the ten the President and the Pope couldn't agree on. That's up to you. Anyway, this one is called Locked Out. I thought this was funny, too. Um, so two Washington politicians had locked themselves out of their cars. And unfortunately, some important papers were needed for a meeting inside the cars. Let's use a coat hanger to pull up the lock, suggested the first. Oh no, argued the second, because someone might see us and think we're trying to break in. Then we could use my pocket knife to cut away the rubber around the window and stick our fingers through to pull up the lock. No, no, people will think we're too stupid to know how to use a coat hanger to open cars. Well, we better do something fast. The top's down and it's starting to rain. Get it? Y'all didn't get it? That was hilarious, you know, trying to pick a lock and the roof is exposed. Anyway, that's funny to me, even if it's not funny to you. Y'all holler back at me. If you thought that was funny, let me see some some likes, some some thumbs up, some hearts on the screen. I thought it was funny. Um, if you're rolling through the mean streets of the ATX, I hope uh, the traffic is not too bad out there. The weather today has been amazing. It's not hot, but the sun is shining bright and clear. Uh, we've had some of everything this week. We've had all four seasons just this week, all four seasons this week. Um, and if you're not in the Austin area, let me know where you are. I saw some people that jumped on earlier that are not in Austin. Um, 
But if you're not in the Austin area, do me a favor and make some noise. Uh, shout out where you are uh, outside of Austin. Let me know what the weather is like where you are. Uh, that's, 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 that's how we stay connected. So, on to the next part, which is called Free Time Music. Free Time Music. And as you know, I've been sharing songs off my forthcoming project entitled uh, The Trauma Record. Uh, so for those of you who do not know, on February the 27th, which is the dopest day in the world, in the history of the earth, with an F at the end, uh, that's my birthday. I'll turn 38 years old this year, uh, and um, I'm excited about that. Well, I don't know if I'm excited or not, but I'm, I'm going to act like I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm excited and hope uh, that everything be all right. So um, the trauma record is about 10 songs, maybe 11 songs if I can crank out a quartet uh, tune that I've been trying to get with my buddy uh, to make happen just because I haven't released the project um, yet. Uh, I think that doesn't have a good quartet feel on it because I'm a quartet dude. I love it. But anyway, uh, the music is awesome. I've got some amazing features. I got in my last feature today. Uh, and so I'm super excited about that. It's sounding great. The mixes are great. And it's going to be a companion to a DVD uh, set that will give you 10 sermons from the trauma series that deals with everything from being dropped, having unresolved issues, being lied on, being raped, uh, the whole nine. And so, listen, this project, I believe, is going to be a blessing to those who will allow it to bless you. Uh, because whether we want to identify with it or not, many of us have had traumatic life experiences. And if we don't apply ourselves to being healed from those experiences, what we will discover is that our brokenness will hinder us from making progress. And so it's important uh, that we be healed from trauma. This uh, song that I'm going to play today was actually the very first song that I wrote for the trauma record. I don't know. Um, no, that's, yes, it is. So I started doing a song because it was going to serve as the intro music for the series, but I didn't even finish writing the song. I just kind of wrote enough to play. And uh, so the first full-length song that I wrote is the one I'm about to play for you today. And the song is called Job. Remember, all of the songs on the trauma record are a Bible character's name and then kind of a subtitle, if you will. So this is called Job, and it's called Trust in God. It has to do with dealing with the trauma of sickness. A lot of people have gone through extremely devastating illnesses in their life. And just because you're healed and just because you're recovered doesn't mean that that wasn't a traumatic life experience. People who have survived cancer and people who are living with diseases, uh, diabetics, uh, those who've had all types of sickness and manners of disease, uh, it, it kind of takes a chunk out of who you are. It, it, it changes and it alters us in various ways. And so this song is called Job, Trust in God. I'm going to play a little bit of it. And then we'll get back to the rest of the podcast. Here we go. Just to say, 
time I cut it off you look up like I'm doing that on purpose like cut it off at the at the worst possible time so that was Joe uh trust in God it was the first full song that I wrote for the trauma record uh I won't put uh who inspired the song on blast but as a part of our sermon series we were doing uh companion bible studies uh where we would kind of sit in what we call trauma groups and talk about uh, traumatic experiences seeking healing and and to be honest it was in those trauma groups listening to people uh kind of talk about life experiences that kind of birthed the testimony of that song so i do hope and i pray that when you get the project in your hand it will be an encouragement it'll be a blessing to those who hear it i see people sounding off where they are and austin has become such a metroplex that now people that are in round rock say they're in round rock to me when i say austin i meant austin and surrounding areas but john was in Round Rock. Uh, Steve, what you doing out of town, buddy? He's in San Antonio. And uh, McDay, Gabriel, I bet I know where you are. Plug shout out to Scales Cafe. Um, doing big things in the big city of McDay, Texas. Those of you who get a chance, uh, some extra time to get on 290 and go out there and see my boy, uh, Pastor Sherman Scales at Scales uh, Cafe. Uh, scales cuisine you'll be able to get you some good vittles tell him i sent you and he probably won't give you a discount but hopefully he'll give me one all right so let's get to our free rant for today free, free rant. rant as you could see in the title uh today i'm going to talk about something that i believe a lot of people can resonate with and i want to deal with when god is silent when god is is silent. I'm going to read 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to start at verse 9. It's a passage of scripture that I've dealt with before. I want to kind of take a different look at it. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. For those of you who are on Facebook Live or Instagram and you want to help me by scribing uh, to keep up. Um, or no, nah, y'all got it right. Oh, my bad. Don't feel some kind of way. I'm not trying to get your job away. I just had a brain fart. First Kings chapter 19, verse 9 
So there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Verse 11. The Lord said, well, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your commandment, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Maholah to succeed you as prophet. Uh, Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel. All whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, whose mouths have not kissed him. I want to just pause for a brief second and talk about when God is silent. When God is silent. One of the most miserable moments in the life of the believer is when you feel detached and disconnected from God. There's nothing like it. Truth of the matter is when you feel disconnected from God, you can have a pocket full of money. You can be in good health, in a new relationship, all in love. But when you're detached from God, you'll always feel like there's something missing. Most believers know that experience of praying and getting no answers, crying with no consolation, wandering with no direction and sowing with no return. Everyone around you seems to be moving in their purpose and walking in success, but you feel stuck and stagnant. You can't hear any instructions or marching orders from God. If you know what I'm talking about, put some hearts on the screen real quick. If you know what it's like to be in that place, in that space, where it feels like God is silent, like God is not hearing your prayers, or if he is hearing your prayers, he's not responding to your prayers, and in that moment, you feel extremely lonely and lost. You feel forgotten and hopeless. You feel foolish. You feel desperate. You start questioning whether or not believing in God even makes sense at all. Why put your confidence and trust in a God that will allow you to go through dark seasons and moments in life and leave you feeling all alone? Jesus even experienced something similar to this on the cross. As he was dying, he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
What do you do when you feel like God is silent? What do you do when you've prayed and you've cried and you've fasted and still there is no response from heaven? Three quick things I'm going to give you uh, that I, I suggest you do when God seems silent, and then I'll bid you good day. The first thing you ought to do, and I'm going to mess you up. This is real, real deep right here. Do the last thing he told you to do. To do. do the last thing he told you to do. If you haven't heard anything new from heaven, then you ought to be doing whatever the last thing he told you to do was. It is possible that you started and stopped. And so you left it undone, and he's not going to give you new instructions unless you have completed the old task. Or perhaps he still wants you doing the last thing he told you to do. When God gets ready to change your agenda and to change your behavior and to change your assignment, he's God enough to get the word to you. Elijah was told to get up and eat so that he would have strength for the journey. That's what he was supposed to do. He was told to continue uh, to prophesy, to continue to declare the word and the works of the Lord in the presence of the people. That's what he was supposed to do. Now, he gets discouraged because he feels like he's doing it by himself. However, God never tells you do it as long as you have help or do it as long as you're comfortable doing it, or do it as long as it's paying well, or do it as long as you're happy doing it. No, God says, do it until I tell you you're done doing it. So the first thing you do when God is silent is you do the last thing he told you to do. On the GPS systems that we drive uh, by, you type in a destination, and it starts giving you what they call turn-by-turn directions. I love that phrase, turn-by-turn, because it really means they're not going to give you a new direction until you make the, the turn, until you make the, 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 the step that it gave you last. And so sometimes you'll uh, be pulling up to the destination, and you you know it's an address number you've never seen before, and it's it's like you right up on the house, and then it says you it says you've arrived. When you wish it would say you know in two houses up here you've reached your destination. The truth of the matter is GPS is kind of matter of fact, like right on the money. You do this, then I'll tell you what to do next. And God works in a similar way. A lot of times we want God to disclose the fullness of His plan, and God is not going to always do that because many times here it is if God gives you full disclosure of his journey, the, of the journey he's going to take you on, you won't put one foot in front of the other because it'll scare you. So many times he gives us turn by turn directions. So when God is silent, do the last thing he told you. Second thing, when God is silent, spend some time away from the grind. When God is silent, it is possible that you need to step back and spend some time away from the grind. Here we get the word of the Lord prompting Elijah to kind of uh, separate himself. And he gets to this place and this point where he's hiding out in a cave. And God asks him a very interesting question. What are you doing here? But the question I don't believe is ever for God's information is for self-evaluation. He's warning Elijah to kind of self-evaluate where are you emotionally, spiritually, not just physically, what brought you to this place. And many times God cannot communicate with us effectively because we're surrounded by people. Our lives are too turned up between the children needing help with the homework and the husband uh, needing uh, dinner on the table by five or the wife, uh, you know, one, whatever she needs to get done at the time. And then the job work that you have to bring home. Our lives are so hectic that there's very little room for God. 
We call ourselves Christians. We say we love him. We say that he is the best part of our existence, but we have very little time for him. And so you've got to be very intentional to get yourself into your cave, whatever that is. Find yourself the time to be alone so that God can talk to you. I think I've said it to you before. God is not interested in shouting over your life. He's not interested in competing for your attention. And so what? sometimes what God wants us to do is separate ourselves from the rat race, separate ourselves from the normal grind. And that may even mean people that, that you love that are a part of your everyday existence. Sometime, mom, you're going to need to step away from your children. Sometime, wife, you may need a moment or two away from your husband so that God can speak and download some things into your spirit. So when God is silent, do the last thing he told you to do, but then spend some time away from the grind. Maybe God is speaking, but you can't hear him because life is too loud. Third thing, and then I'll uh, move on in the podcast. The third thing you do when God is silent is listen for something different. Listen for something different. Here, let, let me help this make sense to you. The Bible says that when God uh, moves Elijah to this point where he's trying to speak to him, uh, that, that he, he warns him. He says, God is about to pass by. You're, you're about to have a God encounter. Um, now, the thing that I love is that the, the text starts to explain these uh, natural occurrences that people would assume would manifest the presence of God. I love that because when I think about the contemporary church, whenever we think about a move of God or a shift of the atmosphere, all of these catchphrases that are not in the Bible that are a part of religious life, we think that they all look a certain way. Everybody got to be crying. Everybody got to be laid out on the floor speaking in tongues. Uh, people got to run around. People got to holler. People got to shout. Uh, and we think that we have not felt God until there's loud, commotion, noise, chaos, you know, people running into the walls, all of that stuff, we, we equate to a move of God. And don't get me wrong. I, I grew up a church boy. That's all I know. Every single Sunday I had, to go. I love church and I like church with no R. Church. I like church. And uh, I like noisy church. I like I like that church that you feel in your big toe. However, I do know that you can't put God in a box. And that many times the manifested presence of God is not going to be loud. It's not going to be hand clapping or foot stomping. It's not going to come with an organ, with an organ accompaniment. Uh, many times the presence and the manifestation of God may come. Here it is in a small whisper. And so when we're listening for the voice of God, we got to learn how to start listening for something different because God may not speak through somebody sweating, hollering, snotting and tuning up. God may speak to you on your back porch reading a book that's been sitting on the shelf for years. And now is the time for him to open your mind to principles that you were not ready to receive when the at the time you received the book. You've got to be able to listen to something different because God may not come in the earthquake. He may not come in a, in a blaze of fire. He, he may not come in all of these grandiose ways. Many times God may be in that small Still whisper. Here's the question I want to close with. If God is trying to speak to you in a whisper, is your life, your life's volume low enough to hear him? That's the question I want you to leave with today. If God is trying to speak to you through a whisper, is your life's volume low enough 
to hear him. Because it's possible that God is not silent. It's possible that your life is just too loud. So when it appears that God is silent, we should do the last thing he told us to do. We should spend time away from the grind. And then thirdly, uh, we should listen for something different. I pray uh, that this was a blessing to you. But you know what time it is. It's time to do some free valuation. Free valuation. The Lord gave me to give you this free indeed Friday. But let me prompt you to thinking about your own personal experience here. First question I want to ask is how have you learned to identify when you are detached or disconnected from God in your personal life? And if it's too personal, that's fine. But there ought to be three or four of you that don't mind sharing what what you can see uh, happens in your life, how you've learned to identify when you're detached or disconnected from God. Uh, as always, I, I have no problem being transparent and sharing uh, where I am. I am extremely like irritable when I haven't spent time with God. It, my time with God is what kind of keeps me even or, or makes me <laughs> tolerable. Uh, I, I think most people naturally think I'm a jerk. But when I haven't spent time with the Lord, oh, I'm a mega jerk. I'm a uber jerk. I'm a super jerk uh, and, and very irritable, you know. I get to that place where, you know, people speak and I'd be like, man, I don't really want to speak to you. Why are you talking to me? Like that type of, and I try my best to mask it. However, um, I, I know when I get to that place, um, that I really need to spend some time with God to kind of check my own self. Uh, Brittany, I see you. You say, you know, because of inconsistency, is that your answer for this question? How have you learned to identify when you are detached or disconnected from God in consistency? I, I hope that's your answer to this question because it is a very, um, it's a very good answer. Um, I've noticed, um, you know, when people are on fire for God as a pastor, I see them all the time. They serve and they're enthused. But then when I see people kind of falling away and being inconsistent in their attendance inconsistent in their service uh then you know something is going on um at that point um that maybe is indicative of of their detachment from the things of god cheryl i see you because you can't hear him can't hear him you know you're detached and disconnected because you can't hear him and a very negative attitude mm -hmm. uh -huh. Uh -huh. have a very negative attitude when you reach the point you have something over there i do Am I saying names? If they put it in the comments, then I've been calling their name. If they send it to the inbox. D-Bars said, I feel empty before I get around people. Maybe emotional too. D-Bars said, he feels empty and, wait, and emotional. He said he feel emotional. He said maybe. DeAndre, you be, you be emotional. <laughs> I'm emotional. That's Carl Thomas. Carl Thomas. Mm-hmm. What else? Anybody else? That's good, man. I, I feel that. I feel that. And I really want to be bothered. Emotional. You be in your feelings. DeAndre be in here in the office playing worship music. You know, just go the other way. When he, when he got all the lights on playing Now Behold the Lamb, you just go, the, <laughs> just go the other way. Steve, less control over thoughts and actions. Dude, I love it. 
I love it. Uh, truth of the matter is when we're detached and disconnected from God, our behavior will usually show it. Uh, we lose control over our thoughts and actions. It's not that whole Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it thing, but it is that I'm no longer as convicted by the Spirit of God because I'm not in communion with the Spirit of God. So I love it, man. I appreciate that. Let's keep pressing. Uh, uh, let me get one more that was in there. The angel, I see you said everyday life gets harder than usual. I feel that. I feel that. And I would actually probably say that life is the same, but we don't have the strength to bear it. So it feels much more difficult. I really, really like that. Thank you, D'Angelo. Uh, so the second question is kind of akin to the same, but what do you feel or what changes for you in those moments of disconnect? And um, I know that you, we've already kind of listed that the attitude makes a shift um, and also control over thoughts and actions or things that you may feel or what changes. Um, Minister Heron says one more thing, desire for prayer and intimacy decreases, probably because conviction increases and you don't want to talk to guys. It's kind of like, uh, so we got a dog at our house, Austin. I love little Austin and I didn't want Austin because I know how dogs get, you know, the way I am, if I feel like you're going to get too close to me, I don't want you around me because I, I can't afford to be vulnerable like that. But I love little Austin. He's my little dog. And so Austin, he has, what'd you say? He's your dog. He is. He is my dog. So Austin has this thing where Austin is a house dog. He's a little Yorkie mixed with something. And so when he messes in the house, uh, he go he goes and hides. Because he knows he's done wrong. Whenever Austin disappears, he ain't around the family. He's not out in the open. We know Austin had made a mess somewhere. Now, we don't know where it is. But we know that somewhere he's done what he wasn't supposed to do, which is causing a fracture in the fellowship. And as I observe his behavior, I think about how we as believers can be. When we know we've done something wrong, people can't even identify your doo-doo. They don't know where your doo-doo is. But you know you didn't doo-dooed. I should have said doo doo. I had to let it live. Had to make it right. You you know where your doo doo is, and because you know that you have doo dooed, then you feel this fracture in your fellowship with God. It makes it difficult for you to go to Him in prayer or worship, uh, because you know that you're wrong. The thing I love about God is He ain't tripping. Like like He loves us in spite of our doo doo. <laughs> Man, when I'm in that vein, I'm in that vein. Separated from others, including family. I hear you, Brittany. Separated from others, including family. Things, um, things are restless and distracted. Restless and distracted easily. I'm restless. Do you think I'm disconnected from God? Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm disconnected from God, we probably should end the podcast right now. <laughs> but anyway, I don't think I'm disconnected. I do think I need... Uh, some good rest though. So last thing, uh, how are you sure when you are hearing from God? How are you certain? How can you be sure that what you're hearing is from God? Um, I've made a commitment in the life of my ministry to never be that type of person that's out there lying, talking about God told me to tell you if God didn't tell me to tell you. And a lot of people validate their foolishness by putting God's name on it. And I believe we will be judged for that. Uh, and so I try to be sure that I am confirmed and affirmed with whatever God is saying before I say it. 
Um, but also the way I know when God has spoken to me is when it lines up with his word. Um, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I think that God is never going to say something to you that con contradicts the word, the written word of God. Uh, and so if God is telling you something that ain't in your Bible, then you need to check which God that is uh, that's talking to you. Yeah. Anybody else want to share how you know when you're hearing God? How you know, Steve said, good old Austin. Uh, anybody want to share how you may know when God is speaking to you and when you're hearing him clearly? No, I'm not following these people over here very well, but I see uh, Minister J.B. Martin is on. At some point he said it was hard to pray. I assume that was uh, in answer to what, what changes and how you feel. Shout out to J.B. Martin. He came through the studio or the office, whatever this is. The the office. This is my office. And he came to record uh, some voiceovers for the trauma DVD. And so I want to thank you publicly for the work you put in privately. Um, anybody else? Okay, cool. So I'm going to move on to this segment called Free Flowers. Free Flowers. Give me my flower. I still didn't learn it. Every week. Yeah, because I, but you know how church songs are. People sing them different. Yeah. Yeah. You done heard five different people sing the same song five different ways. And don't fool around and let people be from different denominations because we sing songs different. In every, my cousin, Geraldine Gibbs Harrell, just got on. Hey, Lynn. Love you, cuz. Shout out this free indeed Friday from your cuz. Anyway, that was real extra, but I hope you feel my love through the screen. So I'm about to give flowers today to a woman who is extremely important, extremely special to me. Um, and I doubt that she's on at the moment. I haven't seen her get on, uh, but I see some people on who know her. And so I want y'all to let her know that I gave her a shout out on Free and Deep Friday's podcast and she should go back and listen to it. I want to give some flowers today to the one and only uh, Jackie Robertson, Mrs. Jackie Robertson. Uh, some of you who have been around the Austin area or the religious community in Austin or in the state uh, will know who she is. And some of you may not know who she is, uh, but she has probably been one of the most influential and supportive women in my life. Um, at a very early age, we connected because she was teaching at O. Henry Middle School. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying this because it may have been illegal or something at the time. But she was a teacher at O. Henry Middle School. And my mama refused to let me go to Pierce. We lived in Pierce District. And back then, Pierce was a little rough around the edges. And all my friends were going to Pierce, so I wanted to go to Pierce. Uh, but Carol Marshall, she didn't really care what I wanted. And so I would I would say, no, I'll never forget. Funny story, the first day of school, um, I'd, I'd argued her down. I need to go to Pierce. Uh, I think I'd even thrown in there, you know, I'm a man of God. I got to go there to change the school. I <laughs> like all that stuff. So uh, my mama gets in the car. She gets load me up in the car, and she drives around. Had to be like an hour of just driving around in the neighborhood, and she was saying she couldn't find the school. 
<laughs> and so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't really know where it is. I'm like, come on. I mean, it's we we pass it all the time. And she just driving. She, I can't I can't find it. I I can't find it. And finally she says, son, you have to go to school today because if you don't go to school today, then you'll be in trouble for missing school. So I gotta take you somewhere. I know where O. Henry is, but I don't know where Pierce is. This is real talk. She did this. And so she drove me. O. Henry was in West Austin. We lived in Northeast Austin, and she enrolled me in O. Henry Middle School. Uh, and because Jackie Robinson was a teacher there, uh, every morning my mom would drive me to her house, and she would drive me to school. And so, of course, that was a bonding that took place because for years uh, she was my ride to school. And um, whenever I would stay awake, she loved to joke about how I would get in the car and fall asleep. Uh, but we were riding. She she just kind of was always positive and encouraging. She's always uh, been willing to speak life into me and encourage me. I can't say that she's never rebuked me, but she's never rebuked me in a way that didn't make me feel empowered and great. Even to this day, as a grown man, as a pastor, as a leader, uh, she doesn't miss opportunities to to give me shine, spotlight, support. Um, and so I just thank God uh, for her. She serves in many capacities, wears many hats. Uh, she was a teacher at some point. I believe she was assistant principaling and all of that good stuff. Um, she serves on a district level, statewide level. Uh, in convention and all that stuff with women's ministry. And so she's just an all-around dope person. Um, Sister Robinson, if you get a chance to hear this, I want you to know that I'm saying in front of everybody, I love you. I, I do not take for granted any of the things that you've done, any words of encouragement that you've given to me. Uh, it has shaped me into who I am in many ways. Um, a lot of women have claimed to be like another mother to me. Uh, and I, I got one mama and that's real talk. And I, I didn't really need me anymore. Uh, but Jackie Robertson has been something like a mama for real. I'll claim her, um, any day of the week. And I know that my mom wouldn't even have an issue with that because of the impact that she's made in my life. So Miss Jackie, take these flowers, free flowers. Was that good? Did it seem like I was really into it? I love you, and there's nothing you can do. Matter of fact, Jackie Robinson bought me some suits when I was a kid. You know, when you're a boy preacher, these these little boy preachers that's coming along now, now I feel like an old preacher. These little boy preachers now they get up with the little with the little button down shirts on and their jeans and a sport coat. Listen, when I was a boy preacher, just because you were a boy didn't mean you got to pass. And so I would be in the pulpit with a dark suit on, tie, white shirt, button up to the neck, shoes shine, because that was the uniform. And it was unacceptable to do anything else. And uh, so from a very early age, my mama was buying me like grown suits. Uh, and I, I can remember uh, one time uh, Sister Robinson wanted to make an investment in my wardrobe, and she bought me some suits, bought me two suits, I believe it was. So whenever I see her and she tell me I'm looking sharp, then I know I'm looking sharp because I had to meet her approval. Look at my brother John Rector III and got on here. Yes, sir, you know something about that boy preacher wardrobe. These young preachers, they, they just they wear whatever they want to wear behind the Lord's pulpit, don't they? Don't they, John Rector? 
I should call you on here live and let you don't let them. Uh, this and that told me I can't let you on, because uh, you ain't no telling what you be to say right now about the condition of the Lord's ministry, <laughs> about the condition of the Lord's ministry, because these young boys is mishandling um, the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I say uh, I, I said that joking, but I, I will say this: yesterday, uh, one of the sages of um, of our faith. One of my homiletical heroes passed from this life to the next, Dr. Wallace Hartsfield. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that one of the great pulpiteers of my lifetime has transitioned to be with the Lord. Anyway, he said he got, John Rector said he got his suits from Montgomery Wards. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple from Montgomery Wards too. Now, now when you know you had them, uh, them little bootleg, even the young bootleg preachers, when they had that suit, they had the falcon, mm -hmm. uh, that little pin on it that with the bird like this, the falcon. <laughs> they had that little falcon pin. That falcon, all them falcon suits was made out of polyester and barley loaves. It was interesting. I don't know how <laughs> how them suits was even being held together. Anyway. Enough foolishness. So um, we are to the part where if there are any questions, you can ask Pastor Free, and I will respond to those questions just before I close us out with prayer. I do want to thank those of you who've been rocking with me. It's been about 42 minutes, and we've been on and recording another Free Indeed Friday podcast. Yeah, that one had a whole lot of struggle behind it. You know what I'm saying? When you didn't been through the storm, it's a podcast. So, do we have any questions? John Rector said they won't take a bath and won't cut their hair. Mm -mm. And got earrings. Now, look, what you're not going to do is you're not going to get me unfollowed because you're on your soapbox, brother. <laughs> we'll talk about those things offline or whenever the Lord prompts me to get on my soapbox about these young preachers. But you know we are these young preachers still to some of them. Um, so, it's funny to be in the middle. It's funny to be in the middle, to be too traditional to be cool and too cool to be traditional. <laughs> so, no questions in either platform? Anybody have a question you want to pose right now in the comments section? Look at D-Bars, Boy Preachers. All right, DeAndre, you know, me and DeAndre had them talks. I know he hated it because he'd be like, man, look, when we be at ALC, you let me get away with some stuff. But when we go elsewhere... That suit buttoned up to your neck and slap some Vaseline on your shoes. That's, <laughs> that's when you young, when you a youngster, you start learning the tricks of the trade. You don't polish your shoes, you just slide some Vaseline on them, make them shiny. Yeah, yeah, all that little stuff. Mm hmm. He said they need to learn a tire. I hear you. That's John Rector. He's going in. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm writing a book. Um, and I was reminded today that I haven't submitted any chapters mm -hmm. recently. But I'm about halfway done with the book. Um, it's everything that a young preacher should know, a young preacher or pastor should know. And I think the book is going to bless those who are young in ministry, but it's going to also bless those who have to work with or deal with or follow those who are young in ministry. Um, you know what? I will. Because... Yeah, I'm not gonna do you like that. But as soon as I end this, I'm going. To, I'm gonna tell you what I thought. 
Gerwin Holland, you you saying wow because of the because I put Vaseline on my shoes or wow because of the book or, or which wow is it? Anyway, all right, so. I'm about to close us out with prayer. I do hope and pray that you've had a blessed week this week. Um, and I'm looking forward to the weekend. This is the fourth weekend, uh, the fourth Sunday. When you save, you judge the month by Sundays, by what Sunday it is. Mm-hmm. When you save for real, yeah, y'all do, because your life revolves around what Sunday it is. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I've been, I've been doing, my life been operating around Sunday since I was five. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah, cause you know what 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 Sunday the, what choir sang, yeah. and that depend on what rehearsal it is. And mm-hmm. our youth days was on a certain weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. your, your life operate around a Sunday, and I ain't I ain't mad at it. Fourth Sunday, <laughs> fourth Sundays be hard though. Let me tell you why fourth Sundays be hard, cause I've been preaching all month, and so I kind of gotta wrap my mind around it one more time. Usually, if it ain't a fifth Sunday. But then it's also hard because people don't have no money by the fourth Sunday. And so, they, and they, they worship like they ain't got no money. <laughs> people 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 praise different when they broke. And it be hard, you know. The fourth Sunday be hard. That's why, you know, do all, all kind of extra stuff to make it interesting. And then after church, the deacons usually be like, no, real, we ain't have it today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so fourth Sunday be long all day. But anyway, this fourth Sunday, ALC fam, get here. It's part four of the freshman orientation sermon series, and I'm super excited. Uh, we've been going through this series, uh, kind of doing some foundational teaching, and I think it's blessing us tremendously. It's going to be a long day. Uh, I've got a four o'clock worship to, uh, this Sunday in Smithville. Smithville. Pilgrim Rest, Mount Pilgrim, Mount Pilgrim Baptist Church, Smithville, Texas, uh, four o'clock. But we will still have our recess here on the campus. I made provision. Remind me to tell y'all what that looked like. Um, Five o'clock on Sunday, uh, the activity will be flag football. So it's going to be good fun. Huh? Well, yeah, you're not going to be hearing me. I, I got a song I want to sing at ALC. What song you want to sing, John Rector? What song is it? Hurry up and type it. He said for real. Somebody help, somebody help John Rector type. <laughs> he said it's been some kind of week. All right, let's bow our heads. I uh, hope you've had some good laughs, some good entertainment. Um, and I hope that I've been, help, been able to help you get through this traffic. What's that? You're a dope man. Appreciate you, bro. Real deal, mastermind. No, nah, that's not Bishop. That's my brother, Brian Johnson. Y'all don't know Brian. Brian is in Alabama. That's you, right, Brian? <laughs> uh, I mean, I believe, uh, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's who it is. I, you know, you you know how there are some people who they can't give you a compliment no matter what. He's not one of those people. He's encouraging. And that's that's my brother for real. So the, I could tell by his wording that it was him. You know, some people be like, ah, free you, I right. hate. You know, just, just hating because they're away. My brother, Brian, ain't like that. Although I have been trying to get Brian to ALC at least for three years. And for some reason, he don't want to. I don't think he think I got a real church. <laughs> I think he don't. He, he brought me up to he brought me to Alabama. Have me preach for yeah. That's him. That's Brian. That's my brother. And I'm gonna get you here, man. Whenever you quit playing around, golly. 
<laughs> what he he wants to sing a medley or something? A melody. It's all right. Y'all leave him alone. That's my brother. It's gonna be fire. Okay, we go, we gonna have the fire extinguisher on hand. <laughs> oh, let's bow for a word of prayer. Look, look, y'all got me. We almost done reached the hour. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray, um, and then I'll let you get back to the rest of your evening. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to call on your name. You are good. Your mercy is everlasting. Your truth endures to all generations. And Father, we confess that we're sinners, that we're broken, we're flawed, we're imperfect, we're wicked, we're sinful, and we're in need of your grace and your mercy. We believe your word that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we do that now. And Lord God, I just want to ask a blessing over your people uh, that can hear me, whether they're catching this uh, live or they hear it on the playback or maybe they upload the podcast at a later point. Lord, I just ask a blessing over their lives. Bless their health. Bless their finances. Bless them with dreams and visions, Father. Bless them with healthy relationships. I bind the spirit of depression. I bind sickness. I bind disease. I bind the works of the enemy that would try to derail and distract us. I send the devil back to the depths of hell from whence he's come. I claim the victory of Christ Jesus over your people, for we are more than overcomers. God, I thank you right now that we share in the victory of the cross. That if you are able to defeat a grave, then cancer doesn't have a chance, and debt doesn't have a chance, and depression doesn't have a chance, and, and all these different menial things that we face in the earth, Lord God, that try to weaken our faith and cause us to struggle, Lord God. We claim that we are victors. Thank you for your word today that reminds us of what we ought to do when it seems like you're silent. And Father, we've all kind of been to that space and place where we can't hear heaven. Now, we know you're real and we know that you love us, but we reach an impasse where we don't know what to do, which way to turn. And Lord God, sometimes we feel so disconnected from you. Our knowledge is that it's not you who has detached from us, but we detach ourselves from you. And so our desire is that you would give us the type of discipline that causes us to stick and to stay. When things are hard, when things are not the way we want them to be, when our money is funny, our change is strange, our marriages are problematic, our children are getting on our nerves, cause us to cling ever so closely to you. Knowing, Lord, that our strength is in you. Guidance, protection, provision, it's all in you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, there are individuals who are hearing my voice, who are going through all types of trials and tribulations. And Father, I don't know what those things are, but I know that you know. I know that there's not a problem I can have that you can't handle. Father, I know that if you watch over the sparrow, and surely, Lord God, you watch over us. And it is your desire that we be blessed. It's your desire that we prosper, even as our souls prosper. So I pray deliverance and breakthrough. I pray favor and anointing. I pray miracles and blessings. I pray signs and wonders. I pray increase over the people of God in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray and I ask these things by faith. 
in the name of Jesus, the only name that really matters in the name of Jesus, that name that exercises authority over demons to the extent that they tremble. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask these things. Amen. And thank God. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another Free and D Friday podcast. That was a whole lot. Friday podcast. Free and D Friday. Pray that you were blessed, that something was said or done that will help you uh, to keep on trusting in God and to live life victorious in Him. Anything I need to say before I say goodbye? I've said enough. You feel like I've said too much? You said that like you feel like I said too much. Listen, these people are still on here watching, so obviously I have not said too much. Oh, gosh. All right, I love you all. It's your boy, Pastor Free. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'll holler.